Welcome to the Radical Flow podcast. My name is Angela. Radical Flow is flow that's on a mission, and that mission is to create a much better reality for us all. Welcome to episode 50. Do you ever just feel stuck? You know, like if you were a vehicle, you can't seem to shift into gear. And if you do, you can't decide whether to go forward or go backward, to go right or to go left. So instead, you kind of circle and swerve and change directions repeatedly until finally you just park frustrated and you get out. Maybe tomorrow will be a better day to drive. Maybe tomorrow you'll know where you're going and maybe tomorrow you'll actually be able to focus long enough to grab some traction and get yourself rolling. In flow talk, we call this the struggle phase. And when it happens day after day, it becomes a rut. And that's when people feel stuck. Now at first glance, a rut sounds pretty bad, but in truth it's not. It's just a phase with a deeper purpose. Once we get stuck in a rut, things like anxiousness, overwhelm, frustration, exhaustion, and even depression can start. And because those things can be pretty intense at times, we often rely on our favorite coping mechanisms to shut down those feelings. Now, some people eat, some people dive into a 13-season Netflix series. That's my escape. Some people self-medicate. Anything to shut down feeling that discomfort that uncomfortable feelings bring. We distract, we suppress, we avoid, and we impair. And then we sleep, hopefully. And then the next day, we start off with that big, beautiful cup of coffee, it's promising that fresh new start to the day. Ever been there? Maybe spending some time there right now? Well, you are not alone. Getting stuck is part of living, and every human experiences it. It's what we do when we're stuck that determines how long we stay stuck and what the experience is like. Being stuck is really just a deeper form of the struggle phase, a part of a bigger flow cycle. Now I realize you may not know what I'm referring to when I say flow cycle or struggle phase, so let me explain a little more. Life, and everything, has ups and downs, just like breathing has ins and outs. Ups and downs and ins and outs well, they create waves, and waves flow. Waves flow up and down, and they spiral as they flow. And anyone who's ever gotten caught in a wave in the water, like in the ocean, knows that the sooner you surrender and align with those rhythms, the better your experience is. Well, a flow cycle is simply a wave in motion. At the bottom of the wave, in the trough, we struggle. As we rise toward the crest, we release. And when we slide down the wave, we're in peak flow. 
And as we arrive back at the new bottom, we integrate. And then we're poised to do it all over again. This is a flow cycle. Struggle, release, flow, integrate. Now, I didn't invent this model. It was compiled by a man named Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi. That's a really hard name to say, and I probably messed it up. Many called him the father of flow. He studied it, and he passed along a lot of wisdom before he died. The term flow itself refers to a state of being where you're in your sweet spot, in the zone, fully engrossed in the present moment at one with your actions, accessing ideas, creativity, innovation, and capabilities beyond your normal faculties. People most easily relate to flow when they're referring to athletes and especially extreme sports people, for they're known to do the impossible. Flow is also common in writers and artists and scientists and great speakers, in entrepreneurs and inventors, and in anybody who has figured out how to get there. Flow has the power to shut down your doubts and your inhibitions, and instead open you up to brilliance and wicked productivity. Flow is also a state of brain chemistry and a state of being. And flow follows a path. It follows the flow cycle. It starts in struggle, then releases, then peaks in flow, then integrates and prepares us to do it again. But if flow is so natural and so much part of life itself, then why isn't everyone experiencing this sweet spot routinely? Well, it's because we get stuck. We get stuck in struggle. And when struggle gets hard, we shut her down. In fact, many people have shut down struggle so many times that their bandwidth for dealing with any form of discomfort is shrinking. And now the simplest things are becoming stressful. Entering crowds, speaking to people you don't know, traveling, even kids are now on anxiety meds. Being stuck in struggle is becoming a problem. And it's also a massive opportunity. And once you learn what flow is, how it works, how to do it, and more importantly, why, you realize you simply just didn't know. Many people don't even know that there's anything beyond struggle. They think struggle is all there is, and their repetitive desires to shut it down is their attempt to calm their system when calming the system really comes from flow. And when they discover what flow is, it's like a whole new world opens. Suddenly, they know how they're designed, and more importantly, how to deal with struggle, how to face it, how to work with it, how to transition out of it. They learn how to trigger the progression from struggle into release and beyond. That's what I do. I teach people how to understand it and how to do it. Now, 
We don't do it because we won't ever be stuck in struggle again, but because we understand that struggle is actually what drives the flow. It's, it's like the engine in your vehicle. It powers the flow. So let's unpack that idea. When we feel stuck day after day, we're looping. Some conflict has happened in our life, inside of us, outside of us, some kind of challenge, some kind of problem, something kind of unknown thing has come up. It has pressure and it has consequences. And those consequences are likely negative. So there's risk. There's risk in struggle and the stuckness builds up that risk. It makes it more intense. It builds pressure. It builds stress. When we feel stuck and this pressure is on, our mind becomes more active. We know this state as hyperfrontality. It builds anxiousness. It builds self-consciousness. We think about the past. We imagine how things could go in the future, and we obsess over how that's going to affect us. We become critical of ourselves. We have inhibitions. We lack confidence. We doubt. We worry. Sometimes we panic. Sometimes we're exhausted, depleted, and depressed. Cortisol and norepinephrine run in the bloodstream in this state. And our fight-flight mode in our nervous system switches us into high alert. We become hyper-focused on the problem. And then our mind loops our thoughts over and over again about it, thinking that somehow by thinking more we'll solve it, but we don't. Why? Because if we actually had the answers or perspectives we needed to solve the struggle, We'd have already done it. Our brain and our system, our nervous system, well, they work like a massive computer. They're fast. If the solution was contained within us, we wouldn't even know we were struggling. When we loop and we build pressure, that is a sign we're in struggle. Now, I imagine you're thinking, I thought she said struggle was a massive opportunity. <laughs> I want to hear about that. So let's do that now. If you realize that you're in struggle phase, you can get curious. You sort of step back and you start observing yourself in it. You listen to your thoughts, you observe your emotions and your reactions, and you learn about what this problem is. When you do this while you're in the struggle, you get to load up all the information around that struggle. Stepping into your observer mode is the first step to release. It's kind of like detaching from it to learn about it while not interfering with it. Or like taking your vehicle out of gear and just listening to the engine rev. You don't want to stop it. What's happening is too valuable. You're learning everything you think about it, all your worries, all your hopes. You're finding out what you're made of. And trust me, most of that is conditioned into you, and some of it is totally unconscious. When you observe, you learn. Now, the cortisol and the norepinephrine in your body are hyper-focusing you. Think of this like an archer pulling back the arrow in the bow and setting their sights on the target. Observing your struggle while it's happening is powerful, and it's the key to manifesting the perfect solution. 
Once you observe yourself starting to loop the information, meaning nothing new is arising in the struggle phase, you've pretty much pulled the arrow back as far as is needed. And because you don't have the answer to your struggle, the target is unknown to you. The only thing you know is that it's a solution or an idea or a fresh perspective or a connection of some kind that is outside of your current awareness and knowing. You have no knowledge of what it is. It lives in the unknown, in the yet to be discovered, in the not yet created realm. But whatever it is, you know it's out there and you want your arrow to find it. If you keep focusing on the problem, the arrow is going to hit the problem. Why? Because where you focus, the arrow goes. So while you're in struggle, observing and learning the guts of what the problem is, desiring a solution, focusing intently, you turn your sights into the unknown and the yet to be discovered, and you release your arrow into flow. You send it with the clear focus that you want the problem solved and you let go. And then you give your arrow time to show you fresh potentials. This is release. You probably have often heard people say, well, just sleep on it. You'll see things differently in the morning. That's a form of release. Release is saying, let's shift from focusing on the problem to focusing on the solution, even though we have no idea what it is. It doesn't mean let's avoid, suppress, distract, or impair the experience we're having in this struggle. Although, sometimes we have to. Sometimes the intensity can build so much that checking out in some way is the best option we can use in order to calm the system down. Now, we all have our personal tools for this. They can be very useful if they're used sparingly and when called for. And, you know, really, let me say this to everyone. There's no shame in having a tool that's helped you cope. Learning about it and learning about yourself and learning how to flow helps you put that tool into a better perspective. And then when you use it, you'll use it more wisely or you'll drop it altogether. When struggle has fully informed you and you ask yourself the question, what's a better possibility? You turn from the problem or the struggle toward the solution and up the wave you flow. And what drives you up that wave? This is beautiful part. It's the power you generated when you were looping in the struggle. Think of it this way. As you sit looping something over and over again, you build energy, just like an engine with pistons firing up and down, like a vehicle revving its engine. If you're in gear and you're looping, you're likely burning donuts and going nowhere. In fact, digging an actual rut. But when you set your sights on any point outside of that loop, you get a little traction out of the loop. Now, the flow portion of the flow cycle, after you've hit release and you start sliding down that wave, 
Well, that's a whole big topic and way too much for this short podcast. So let's condense it and say it like this. When you break free of that hyperfrontality of struggle, that excessive self-consciousness, the obsession with time, state of fight, flight, doubt, worry, fear, and more, you shift into hypofrontality, lower frontality, and your critical self-conscious mind goes quiet. You become part of the discovery leaning straight into the edge of the unknown, feeling it and experiencing it, kind of like wind on your face, curious, discovering. You feel inspired, creative, intuitive, confident and clear. You move and act driven by that part of yourself, that bigger part of yourself that you, you use to observe. The part of you that is you know, bigger than just the looping information you already know. Your consciousness, your soul, your essence, whatever you want to call it, that part of you leads you and the mind follows, learning, discovering in awe and wonder. This is the land of revelations, of ahas, inspirations, innovations, and massive productivity and brilliance. This is peak flow. And we humans, we're built to cycle in and out of it. The same way we breathe, the same way our heart pumps, in continuous cycles of struggle, release, flow, and integration. Flow isn't just the path to peak performance. It's the path to advancement in every way you can understand that word. It's the key to optimal evolution, personally, professionally, socially, and globally. And flow is for everyone, absolutely everyone. It's just that so many of us are stuck in struggle and we don't know there is anything beyond struggle. And so we seek to escape struggle in any way that we can, not realizing that struggle itself is the tool to fuel the next phase in the flow cycle. The sooner we all learn to flow, the better this world will be. You know, here's where I can so easily just flip over a soapbox and keep going. I could talk about this for days, but instead, let me say this. Flow is the most important mindset training of our time period. I hope that each person learns how beautiful, beautiful and empowering life can be when you understand how to make those transitions between those phases, how to trigger these cycles to advance you forward. It's just so powerful. Okay, I'll stop. Thank you. Reach out to me if you would love to learn flow. I would love to train you. And thank you for listening to the Radical Flow podcast. It always means the world to me that you do. And until next time, we'll see you in the flow.